0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December twenty third, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXX, the last paragraph beginning with, this immediately precipitates. But first, for context, we will reread the prior paragraph beginning with all these and many others. Today's readers are Reading the OA 12 Steps is Daiya, Reading the OA 12 Traditions is Marietta, and Reading the Literature are Deborah, Devo- Chelsea, Judy B., and Sally. The reference number for Sunday is 5654. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions I will now ask Daea to read the OA twelve steps.
1: Dahia,
2: are you available? Can you unmute? Am I being heard?
3: Yes, I can hear you.
4: Rebecca, this is Sarah. May I read the the
3: 12 steps, please? Yes. Thank you for
0: letting me know I'm being heard. And, Sarah, thank you for covering. Go right ahead.
4: Okay. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, Here are the steps. One. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sarah.
0: I will now ask Marietta to read the OA-12 traditions.
5: Good morning. It's Marietta from Virginia. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marietta. How our meeting works. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page Roman numeral XXX, first beginning by rereading the fifth paragraph that starts, All These and Many Others, and then continuing with the following paragraph, which we will be discussing, beginning with, This immediately precipitates. I will ask Devora to begin by reading both of these paragraphs.
2: Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Devora in New Jersey. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered. Thank you, God. All these and many others have one symptom in common. They cannot start drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, May be the manifestation of analogy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been, by any treatment with which we are familiar, permanently eradicated. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. This immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. Much has been written pro and con, but among physicians, the general opinion seems to be that most chronic alcoholics are doomed. Whoa. So these paragraphs, this paragraph, especially the one before, really um, talks about me. You know, I could never stop eating. I didn't understand why I kept that or how to finish every bag in every box. I did not know that I was developing a craving, a phenomenon, uh, a craving that couldn't be wash that couldn't be stopped and I just wanted more and more and more and how many doctors I went to who said to me you know you really need to lose some weight just just limit your intake just have one you know don't have a whole piece have a half a piece you know if there's a special occasion just you know a little piece don't overdo it they did not understand this craving that developed in me that that little piece I had to have more. And, you know, I can understand why in those days, and when we're talking about the nineteen thirties with Dr. Silkworth is the doctor, and he's coming out with this idea, this theory that he's seen that, you know, he's very progressive in those days to, to come out and say, This is what an alcoholic story is, that he needs to have entire abstinence. It's a it's a physical allergy. It's an allergy that once he intakes this stuff into his body right away it it causes him to want more. And not only it's a physical allergy, but it's also a mental obsession. I mean these are two ideas that were totally unheard of. Um so if it was unheard of then, can imagine how it is now, even, you know, today's day and age, um, you know, doctors are still not convinced that this is an allergy. You know, I, I think I've mentioned before how I I went to a doctor and I said I, I, I'm allergic to this substance. I, I really don't want uh, and the sugar ward the glucose test in my body, and he laughed. Um, but you know he he thought it was a joke. He thought what really, huh? I said, look, I haven't had it in so many years. I don't want to start it now. So um, so this does put it in the book. Talks about someone's unmuted. This to, this paragraph that says this whole idea I is a the 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 tremendous man. debate amongst the doctors you know
6: is uh, it right is it
2: is this sleep on the couch
6: devora hold on one moment please i'm going to mute the line devora
1: star one please and continue
2: So this belief right away, you know, the paragraph says it 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 brings us into a tremendous debate amongst the physicians, like, you know, which which way are, are the physicians going to, uh, to, to go by? Is it going to be complete abstinence or is it going to be like once in a while you guys can have a drink and nothing's going to affect you? Do they believe that this is a mental obsession or, you know, or is it, You know, the the general opinion seems to be that most chronic alcoholics are doomed. That's it. This is it. Their life is over. We lock them up and they they go to the hospital and they die. um, And nothing could be done for these people. Um, So very, very strong uh, paragraph over here, which, um, and the stand, which the doctors take, you know, which which stands are they going to, which opinion are they going to go by? Um, And... um, so I'm just so grateful. You know, Dr. Silkworth put his job on the line. He was he stated his opinion and he stuck by it and um and today we have, you know, a fellowship. Um so you know, I'm just so grateful and with that I'll pass. Thank you.
7: Good morning. This is Bella Cher. This
8: is Sally. Thank this you, Devora.
0: I, I punched Rebecca, some numbers there? and I am here and I punched some numbers and missed some things that may have been said. Thank you, Devorah. I think I heard Sally and I heard Katie D., And um, who else was asking to speak up? Bella. Bella. Was there anyone else who wanted to share on um, this last paragraph on XXX? Okay. So um, I just want to remind everyone that today, in particular, due to some technical situations, we need to stay muted until it's our turn to share and um, to the best of our ability. So everyone will mute except for Sally. Go ahead, Sally.
9: Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sally, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Jersey. And I'd like to share on this last line and first line of the last paragraph, the last line of the earlier paragraph, the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence this immediately precipitates us into a seething cauldron of debate. And the book has, on has, uh, multiple times, has talked about the idea of the only way to have complete relief from our illness, from our addiction, is entire abstinence. On um, XXVIII, we read just last week um, in the uh, first paragraph. We read, these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. And so we're told, and many, many times, that it's entire abstinence that is required. And why is there a seething cauldron of debate? I know for myself, because of my own quest for healing in this, um, in this addiction, and um, going to study about um, cognitive behavioral therapy, at, which was being used at the time for um, compulsive, um, obsessive-compulsive disorders, And that's what they were looking at this as, a compulsive, an obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, I really imagine that even in this day and age that that this is still a seeding cauldron of debate. I was being told in 2008, Sally, you can't be black and white. You have to go through therapy and develop a healthy attitude, have a healthy relationship with food. I was told to, you know, to work on having this healthy relationship with food, and be able to, so that I could eventually have some, and not all. And once again, I went through another round in the in the boxing ring with food, yet another round, yet another blow, and yet another, I don't know how much weight before I again came to my knees and came back to the last house on the block. And thank God I found the tent in the backyard where you guys and, and others were studying this big book. And finally I found out that this was our instruction manual. And I want to end with page 34, the second paragraph. For those who are unable to drink moderately, like me, the question is how to stop altogether. We are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop, whether such a person can quit upon a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he will drink or not. And that's the bottom line. I have lost the power to choose for a long time and God has restored that decision-making ability so that I could choose once and for all. I'm done. I'm not getting in the boxing ring and nothing tastes as good as abstinence. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I passed.
0: Thank you, Sally. Katie G., you're next.
8: Good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G. from Boston Mass, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So grateful to be here on the line this morning, abstinence, sober, and reading uh, this great doctor's opinion. Um So I guess I wanted to focus more on the last line. The general opinion seems to be that most chronic alcoholics are doomed, right? And we've talked about chronic alcoholics, so what does it mean? I'm a chronic compulsive overeater. I am never going to get better. This is not like the flu where I get the flu and then I get better. This is diabetes. This is ongoing, regular treatment. I am never going to be able to safely use my alcoholic foods no matter what and what are what are these great physicians opinions that were doomed and what does doomed mean doomed means march for death guys doomed means that restless irritable and discontent this this um this cycle that we have of of eating our brains out because of this allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind Um, The doctors are saying that we are doomed and and that this this word doomed is so powerful and part of um, my recovery today in terms of understanding it, you know, on page 44 in We Agnostics, it says um, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to faith. Which in many, uh, which, which in many people's minds, kind of seems a little tongue in cheek, right? Like if we're doomed to an alcoholic death, corner number one, or corner number two, are we going to accept a spiritual basis? And so here we're in the great doctor's opinion, and 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 we're being asked to identify. And do you relate? Are you a chronic compulsive overeater? Have you tried everything? well what what we're what this great doctor's opinion what these doctors are saying is their medical fraternity not considering you know apart from our 12-step community is that we're doomed you know um so it's really it's really powerful because in our 12-step rooms we are not doomed. We have a solution today. You know, we understand the allergy and the obsession of the mind and that the solution comes from working the 12 steps, from being cleared out from my selfishness, my dishonesty, my, my self-centeredness, and my fear and living in a life that is completely based on other-centeredness. But the medical, with the medical fraternity, we are all doomed. And I am just so grateful to know that I have this illness, to identify in and to know me, Katie, I have this illness. I was doomed. I could not stop from starting. And once I started, I, you know, I could not stop. And I was in this cycle, and my life was going down fast. And I grabbed on to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. I got abstinent and I've done and I do the steps. I've completed the steps and I continue to do them on a regular basis. And thank you, God, today. I am recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And this is available for every single person on this line. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Bella, you're
7: next. Good morning. My name is Bela, and I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a beginning of hope. Yes, these few uh, lines gives us a hope, and I will... I will talk about the last sentence, the general opinion seems to be that most chronic alcoholics are doomed. Yes, this is what I believed to before program. Yes, I did believe that that's it. I was born overweight. I most probably I will die overweight, and my life anyway doesn't have a value. Uh, I, I know that I am miserable. Everybody gave up on me, my parents, my teachers, my friends, my whole community. So for sure, I gave up on me, you know, I, I don't have any value. Yes, I, yes, this is, this is my life. And wow, suddenly, now that I am in the program, thank God, thank God, I see, no, Bella, no, there is a hope. There is a solution. And it's wonderful because the last the last paragraph, it finished, is entire abstinence. Yes, Bella, you don't have control, but you have the ability to choose, to choose one day at a time. And the solution starts with you. The solution starts with me. I have the power to have a willpower, to choose to be abstinent. First of all, put down the blockage between you and God. Put down the blockage, those things that are blocking you. And this is the food, the food that is not good for me, the food that makes me, that brings me up, the allergy in the body and the obsession in the mind. First of all, the, the program Thank God gives me back again my my trust. Yes, God trust me. Yes, you I have the power to to bring up again my connection to God. And this is the solution. I don't have to be doomed. I can get back my life and I got it. Thank God, thank God. I am so thankful. And this is the hope. Thank you very much for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. This is Rebecca and I'd like to share on this paragraph. I've been thinking about how um, not very much has been written pro and con that I know of about suggesting entire abstinence when it comes to my disease of compulsive overeating. I don't ever remember hearing anything about abstinence. It was always about managing the food, all kinds of food, and eating moderately. And then I started thinking about the seething cauldron of debate and how in the very rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I see that we have a seething cauldron of debate. People get very hot-headed about This notion of entire abstinence and the need for it in order to recover from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that I suffered from. And um, thank God that I entered a room in Overeaters Anonymous where there is no seething cauldron of debate. It's clear that if we follow the directions in this big book, which suggest entire abstinence, we can work these steps and be recovered and be relieved of this otherwise seemingly hopeless state. Um, And I think it's telling that in the rooms, people believe no one's entirely abstinent. That's what I've heard, that they don't believe that people can truly be abstinent and I stand before you and others next to me, shoulder to shoulder, to, um, for you to bear witness that entire abstinence is the beginning and the way that this program works, and it's very doable, and it's very, very freeing. It's, it's a pleasure to be abstinent. It's not a death sentence. Believe me, it is the opposite. And we can all have it. And if we don't, we are doomed because this program does not work if we are not entirely abstinent. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph?
3: Kim? Go ahead, Kim. Kim? Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Tim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So, the seething culture of debate about entire accidents. And, and the medical people in this book are telling us that's the only relief they have to suggest. Not that abstinence is suggested, that the only relief they have to suggest is entire abstinence. You know, and putting it in contact with the 30s, one of the big things back then was temperance societies. And what their theory was, the problem wasn't that these guys drank. The problem is they got drunk. So if we can teach them just to have a couple beers, just to have a shot, then they should be okay. That's the seed and cauldron of debate. That's what we experience now. I mean, think about it. we, we, The the medical community and the Society at large says the problem is that we're fat. And if we're not fat anymore, then we will be okay. So what do they do? They tell us to count points. They tell us to count calories. Doctors are willing to put incisions in us and put rubber bands around our stomachs or actually or remove parts of our intestines because they think if they can make our stomach small enough, then we're not going to eat, we're going to lose weight, and then we'll be okay. I talked with some people this year that were in inpatient programs and outpatient programs for eating disorders, and once they got them stable with their weight, they introduced dessert two times a week because that's the goal. That is the goal. We're going to teach you to moderately eat because weight is your problem. That's the seething cauldron of debate that the medical society has about us because all they see is what the food and the weight does to us. They don't see what the food does for us, and therefore they're not treating the allergy. But unfortunately, Rebecca really gave a, a preview to what the problem is in Overeaters Anonymous, that seed cauldron of debate in Overeaters Anonymous. And I, my opinion, my personal opinion, is because we don't study this doctor's opinion. And we in Overeaters Anonymous think that food and weight is our problem. Therefore, if food and weight is our problem, the solution is a food plan, and we stare at food plans for years, and we see if we stay on this food plan, we're going to be okay. The food plan is a tool that we use once we understand what our binge foods are. Abstinence is not a food plan. Abstinence is refraining from those foods and those food behaviors which create the allergy of the body, and we do not teach that in the room. So what happens is we inflict our food plans onto other people. You are not abstinent unless you eat directly like me. And what that does to someone is it makes them abstain from things they may not need to abstain from. But the deadly part of that, the deadly part of that, is it might allow those people to continue to eat those things which create the allergy and doom them to an alcoholic death because we happen to not have the same allergies, so we're saying it's okay for them to eat food that is deadly for them. So that is the seething cauldron of debate. You are not accident unless you eat like me. And I have to tell you, that is where we need to be united. We need to be united on allergy of the body. What creates the allergy of the body in you, you need to abstain from entirely and we can teach you this doctor's opinion so that you can know what that means for you. I don't talk to my sponsees about my food plan. My food plan is irrelevant to them. My binge foods is irrelevant to them. I need to teach them what the allergy of the body is so they can discover what that means for them. So that is more complicated no breeders Anonymous. And there are some common ingredients, and there are some common behaviors. But if I don't get someone down to what they need to abstain from, they're not going to have the clarity of mind. And unfortunately, a lot of our literature is very confusing. There is literature in Overeaters Anonymous that tells us when we get through these steps, our binges will become less frequent. How sad is that and how deadly is that? To teach that our binges will become less frequent when we get through the steps? I am here to test to you today that what this program is promising, what these 12 steps is promising, is if I am willing to put the food down that creates the phenomenon of craving, and walk through these 12 steps abstinently, I have had a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery, which means I no longer want my binge foods. And if I no longer want my binge foods, I do not pick up my binge foods. And if I do not pick up my binge foods, I do not create the phenomenon of craving, and if the phenomenon of craving is not triggered, I don't go through that vicious cycle. That is, is the message of OA. One day at a time, we have worked so bad to say, I can pick up today because it's only one day at a time. The trick is one day at a time in a row. In a row. That is our only chance to recover, is to put down the food and walk through these 12 steps, and then we will no longer suffer from compulsive overeating. I am a compulsive overeater today, but I no longer suffer from that. And, wish I pass. and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Why don't we move on to the next two paragraphs, since the next one is so short, with uh, Chelsea.
10: Thank you for your service, Rebecca. Hi, this is Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. What is the solution? Perhaps I can best answer this by relating one of my experiences. About one year prior to this experience, a man was brought into the treatment for chronic alcoholism. He had but partially recovered from a gastric hemorrhage and seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. He had lost everything worthwhile in life and was only living, one might say, to drink. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. One year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there all resemblance ended. From a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. I talked with him for some time, but was not able to bring myself to feel that I had known him before. To me, he was a stranger, and so he left me. A long time has passed with no return to alcohol. And I'm still Chelsea, and I'm still recovered today from this seemingly hopeless condition. So there's a lot here to unpack for me, and um, it starts out by actually listing the entire program and what happens when you put the food down from the beginning where it says here the following, the elimination of alcohol there was found to be no permanent brain injury. So with the success, after the success of actually putting down the food, after going through your food and making sure that you were certain foods were out, certain foods that I knew once I started eating was impossible for me to stop, certain foods and behaviors for me. As long as they were put down, the next thing it says is that he accepted the plan outlined in this book he accepted the plan outline and in this book it said at the at the beginning in the foreword when we read it, it said that the book was to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of the book so he accepted what they had laid out precisely a year later he called to see me so there wasn't a whole lot of time either that elapsed in to that time From when apparently he's going to make some kind of emergence here and it says from a trembling despairing nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self reliance and contentment so a lot happened in that little sentence right there alone first the unmanageability was pointed out from a trembling despairing nervous wreck if that's not unmanageability i don't know what isn't and that's the second half of step one often not even talked about We do a lot of um, saying, you know, we're powerless, and then it kind of ends there. But the unmanageability is pointed out there, too. And he emerged, a a man brimming over with self-confidence and contentment, that contentment, that neutrality, neither hot, neither cold, just right there, where whatever his source is greater than himself decided he needed to be, what he needed to be at that time. And the doctor here, and this is his supporting, he's supporting what he had laid out earlier about the allergy and everything. Now, this is the support, because he's saying, not only am I talking to you about this, but I've walked this walk. And I'm going to support this by giving you an example, an experience, so you can identify in. So you, maybe this is how you see it. This is how you can identify in with what I'm saying. And I'm not just giving you lip service. I've actually walked this walk through thousands and thousands of tragic cases of people going back to the food, in our case, instead of, uh, instead of turning to something else, instead of being in that neutral place, that people were triggering whatever it was that made them go into this, they were engaging in those behaviors, ingesting those foods. So once the man accepted the plan outlined in the book, did what they said that we would do. Not only read the book, he did what the the book said to do. Because a lot of times we read through this book, we read through and through and through, but nothing's ever done. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it myself. Sat around the rooms for years doing nothing. But if you do what the book says, and they say, if you want what we have, do what we do, do what we did. And what did they do? They had a change brought about sufficient enough so that they would no longer be tricked by their minds into thinking it's okay to go back and ingest those very things that are going to send you off to the races, back to the despair, back to a trembling, nervous wreck, the twelve steps, these steps, as outlined in the book, and they are in order. Take them in order and do them all, and then you can too have what this gentleman here came back to where the doctor didn't even know who he was. And if that's not a miracle, then I don't know what is. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Chelsea. Who would like to share? On
11: the- hi, my name is Michael. May I share? Hi, it's Esther. May I share?
0: We have Michael and Esther. Michael, you can go first.
11: Thank you so much for your service. I I sit here each morning and I listen and I'm a long timer. I mean I've been in programs since I am very, very young. And um to hear uh to understand the definition in a way that in more than half of my life I've been in programs and 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 I've done well, Uh, but I never made this correlation the way it is now because, I mean, I I have a a program that I have to stay away from certain legal foods, if you want to call it that. This makes so much sense because uh, there are foods that a lot of people can eat that I can't eat. uh, And I'm realizing more and more as I'm hearing uh, the definition and the understanding of, um, I love. Bill Wilson from day one and Dr. Bob and, and you know, Dr. Silkwood, I never, I never, never, um, got this part before, but Dr. Silkwood never. And this is, I have to say, I'm no longer, like I don't, not that I don't care. I used to be, I didn't understand. Years ago I always heard physical, emotional, and spiritual. And I, would, I would always had to put my two cents in with something. And now I, I'm, I'm learning from this meeting. It's, it's, it's reinforcing. My sponsor always told me, look at your own plate. I need to work on me and in my attitudes, and I really need to do the steps again, and I can see the connection. Now that I can see it, I got it. Like, it, it makes sense. And just for whatever it's worth, there was a very pretty famous doctor on television that actually agrees with us, and he had a shrink on who agreed with us, and they were telling the patients, basically...
0: Michael. Oh
11: yeah. yeah.
0: We don't we don't bring in outside.
11: Oh, okay, um, I'm sorry. Um we uh, yeah, I I apologize. Anyway, I'm just really grateful uh, that I'm learning what I am learning and that's another lesson learned because it's again my control. So thank you so much for just allowing me to share and learn. Thank you.
0: Thank you for understanding and for your share, Michael. Esther.
12: Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning. I'm very grateful to be on this line, um, uh, where it says a gastric hemorrhage and seems to be case of pathological mental deterioration, um, that caught my eye. I read a little bit ahead and it so caught my eye. I'm sorry, my name is Esther and compulsive overeater. Uh, in recovery, um, and the gastric hemorrhage, for me, it has special significance. Um, a few years ago, I was taken to the hospital emergency for a terrible bout of constipation, and I'll never forget it. I hope I never forget it, and, uh, well, um I didn't know what the chronic constipation was. My doctor gave me uh, medication for it, but didn't explain to me what why I had constant uh, constipation. And part of my uh, the illness that I have with eating is that I eat so so quickly. I don't even give my body a chance to digest the food, and no. Doctors don't tell you it's obsession of the mind that your mind is is at play here, um, and I'm grateful to Doctor Silkworks for saying that it is obsession of the mind, because what happens is that I digest. What happened was with me is I just digested the food so quickly, just chewing, chewing, not even chewing, just swallowing so quickly. The food does not digest. It becomes a rock in your digestive tract, and it doesn't even, and by the time it gets to the stomach, it's just I don't know, it's like undigested matter, so um, it causes a lot of problems in your digestive tract, and uh, finally, it, it turned into such a rock that I had to be taken to the hospital. Emergency, it was a nightmare. It, and by the way, I went more than once. To the to the hospital for constipation, and uh, nobody told me, "Hey, you know, chew your food." I mean, nobody's going to take your plate away from you. It's it's all yours, and um, it was a was it's a very defining moment, and I think about it a lot, and it's obsession of the mind that I I have this fear almost that somebody's actually going to take my food. I'm in the house by myself. Who's who's stealing it from me? Why am I in such a rush? It's because it's I feel it's obsession of the mind. Um so when I see the word a gastric hemorrhage to me um it means also a damage, a damage to your gastric your physical damage that has very, very serious repercussions physically. Um and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Esther.
0: Thank you. Would anyone else Hi. like to share? L- yes, Maya. Julie. Janice, Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. I heard uh Julie and Janice, but there was actually someone before the two of you.
2: Hi, julie Julia.
0: Am I hearing Diya? Or Diana? And
8: Leah.
0: Marjorie. Oh, Leah.
1: Marjorie. Okay, I
0: heard Marjorie. Okay. So far I've heard Leah, Julie, Janice, and Marjorie. Did I get everyone? Okay, Leah, you would go first then.
6: Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. He frankly admitted and believed that for him there was no hope. You know, I had to experience um, this powerlessness so that it became my launching pad of desperation to seek and, and find the power through uh, these steps. You know, if, if I was going to survive, and and thrive, I had to find a power greater than myself and greater than any human uh, source. It goes on to say, following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. Um, Absolutely, this elimination of my binge foods was a necessity prior to embarking on this program of recovery. However, I have stopped thousands of times. I have eliminated uh, my binge foods thousands of times. How do you stay stopped? That's the greater question for someone like me. If the greater aspect of my disease resides in my mind, how do I stay stopped? It goes on to say he accepted the plan outlined in this book. Uh, That's why we're all here. That's why we all gather is to teach and to encourage and to support each one of us individually applying and working through these steps that are clear-cutly written uh, within this text. You know, (laughs) inside my skin, my body, and my mind, I had no effective power with respect to my binge foods. I had no choice. The mental obsession condemned me to eat when I didn't want to, and the phenomenon of craving condemned me to continue eating once I started with those substances. And even when I was not compulsively overeating um, or thinking about compulsively overeating, my life seemed unmanageable. And any effort and any energy uh, that I could uh, put into my life uh, did not deliver my hoped-for results. You know, I was restless, irritable, and discontent. It goes on to say that from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. This describes the transformation that um, this big book promises. This This describes that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. You know, I came here uh, very uh, selfish, dishonest, resentful, and very, very frightened. And because of those conditions, which of course emanated and resided in my mind, that always led me back to compulsively overeating. Now, what if something... Greater than myself, as a result of these steps, could change that within my mind to something entirely different. And that's exactly what happened. That is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. That is the spiritual awakening. You know, I believed uh, for decades that food and weight were my problem. Food and weight are not my problem. Yes, I have to identify what my binge foods are, and yes, I have to eliminate those binge foods, but food and weight were merely symptoms of a greater problem. My problem was selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, and when I brought got into that equation through the working of these steps, I don't have to think the way I used to think, and I don't have to do the things I used to do, and I don't have to speak the way I used to speak, and I don't have to behave the way I used to behave because I'm not plagued with the delusion that I'm going to wrest satisfaction and control out of this world if I only manage it well. And as a result of these steps, that personality change is the result of the application of these steps, the spiritual awakening. And that is hope. That's a message of hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Julie?
6: Hi,
13: this is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And this entire paragraph kind of shows who I was, what happened, and where I'm at now. I mean, ever since I was, the first time I overate, I was eight years old and I ate five bologna sandwiches so fast and I felt that power you know that ease and comfort and then I was that chronic compulsive overeater you know going for the new diet and always being able to stop but again staying stopped which I never understood why I couldn't stay stopped um, you know I, I had lost everything everything I mean I lost my marriage for a time I lost relationships with family um, you know, here I was as professional woman, but yet I would just binge and purge 10, 15, 20,000 calories a day. I'm 5'2", two, 277 pounds. didn't matter. I couldn't stay stopped. You know, in the doctor, my doctors would talk to me all the time. You really got to lose weight, Julie. You really got to go. Here's a new diet. Just, you know, one day go off and you can have, you know, your, your um she didn't say binge foods, but whatever foods. Um, I'm a chronic compulsive overeater. I'm 54. I've been doing the same thing. As soon as I pick up and I feel it on my lips, the craving begins. But yet, that person that I was just at 13 months ago is gone. For today, I'm not cured, but I have a daily reprieve. And... I'm reunited with my family, I am um, growing and changing, and I understand what's happening to my life, I'm participant. I am no longer a person who goes to bed so full, so sick, with wrappers everywhere and say, oh God, please help me today, tonight, tomorrow, and waking up with the remorse and the guilt and the shame and bargaining with my God and then doing it all over again. Today I have I've learned to have a relationship with my God and that um that is so important because it's um there's one sentence here. Um he accepted the plan outlined in this book and the whole reason for this book is to have a relationship with your God. So I am so grateful to be part of this uh, meeting and with that I'll pass.
14: Thank you, Julie. Janice? Yes, thank you, um, Rebecca, and vision for you. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Big question, what is the solution? Well, if you don't have a problem, you know, if if you really want to deny that you really do have a problem and you'll be able to fix it, like I thought, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, and nothing works then this is the answer. See a solution is the answer to a problem. I mean it's it's very simple. What am I looking for? Am I looking for another method? Am I looking for another food plan that's gonna do it for me? Now that's physical. I you know, any any plan will work if you work it. But it's 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 keeping. It's temporary. See physical is temporary. I have to do it every day, my food plan. All right, but the solution is that we have a twofold illness. So, what's going to take care of my mental part of my problem, the obsession? Well, what is the solution? Ah, the food plan, abstinence, after, it says, after, following the elimination of alcohol, following the elimination of my trigger foods, okay? He found there was no permanent brain damage, and then he could accept, which means, okay, I surrender. I seemed hopeless, but now I have some hope because the plan of action, which is the 12 steps outlined in this book, is the solution. How can it be the solution? Well, you know, I lacked power. That's no matter what I did, what I didn't do, I lacked the power. And through the action, when I do these steps, I found the power to restore me to sanity. So this whole paragraph is about change, you know, from what I was, from what I was trying to do all by myself to what I am today, a revolutionary change. It was beautifully said. We change mentally, physically, attitudes, behaviors. And, you know, in the forward to the first edition, It tells us right right at the beginning, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It seemed that way. Sure it did for me. You know, after so many decades, I'm hopeless. I, I can't do anything to show others precisely how we have recovered. And that's what the solution is. To show others, but we have to do it first because we can't give it away unless we show. In the very last sentence, a long time has passed with no return to alcohol because the spiritual part of my problem is solved for one day, just one day only because I accepted the fact that I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater. I might not like it. I didn't like it in the beginning, but that's what I am. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you,
0: Janice. Marjorie will be our last person to share. Go ahead, Marjorie.
1: Good morning. This is Marjorie, recovered compulsive overeater, and I want to focus on the bit of hope um, that Dr. Silkworth gives in this paragraph when he uses the description of the man that he saw as a case of who had seemed to be a case of pathological mental deterioration. Dr. Silkworth closes up one of the loopholes that is often used nowadays by people who claim that they can't get this because they have um, something that is diagnosed in the diagnostic manual. They They have another label, whether it's PTSD or... Some other thing, and um, and what the hope is is that these people, even if that's the way they seem, even if that's their diagnosis, Doctor Silkworth is saying, you too can recover. And then on page one thirty three, it talks about how we are miracles of mental health. It also talks on that page about how we do make use of of Um, the doctors and psychologists and practitioners of various kinds. But those things are separate. They are not preventive. They don't prevent recovery. And the sense that I get from this of pathological mental deterioration is not equivalent to what we say in connection with the mental component of the disease of alcoholism, of the disease of our compulsive overeating. These are two separate things, and Dr. Silkworth is saying, anybody can recover. I pass.
0: Thank you, Marjorie. Thank you to everyone who has shared and everyone who has listened. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, Followed by the serenity prayer, will Judy b e please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only
15: certainly good morning <clears throat> good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.